Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So I am pumped to announce that Manscaped has launched their ultra premium collection. I'm talking about a leveled up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe, literally. So join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code Rome. You can now enhance your perfect grooming routine with their ultra-premium collection. This package includes Manscaped Premium Deodorant, it dries clear, it's aluminum-free, and it smells like their signature scent. Plus, body wash with their infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel. Two-in-one shampoo and conditioner to clean your scalp with one easy step. And a free gift. A three-pack set of lip balm that's made up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. I'm telling you, this package is incredible. Get that ultra-premium collection Hot right off the shelves. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Rome at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Rome at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped. Tom got back from the Big Ten tournament and he called me. I said, do me one favor. You, you practice this and then when I practice today, we're off until tomorrow afternoon. I said, go to sleep, dude. Like, you want to be the best version of yourself for your team. Get some rest. When you, you can unplug and reboot and be ready to go when, when it's the most important time of the year. Sometimes guys need to hear that. Th- Not that, from their assistants. Right. Because they're going to curse their assistants out and say that. And I really don't give a shit. Hey now, what's cracking? Welcome back to the Jim Rome Podcast and welcome to the biggest week of the year in college basketball. The madness has arrived and if we are going to talk tourney, then we're going to do it with one of the best analysts ever. My guest this week, a two-time ACC Coach of the Year. He racked up 383 career Division I wins in 22 years as a head coach and he spent the last decade brilliantly breaking the game down for ESPN. My guest this week is a very good friend who shared legendary Big West ties with me, the one and only Seth Greenberg. Yes, Seth coached at Long Beach State. Yes, I attended and broadcast games for UC Santa Barbara back in the day. Yes, the two programs hated each other then. I can remember when I started to put Seth on my program for the first time, my gaucho brethren were like, the hell are you doing talking to the enemy, Rome? Thing is, I could not not talk to him because he was just too good. He was too interesting. And I knew that if and when he stepped away from coaching, that he would be a broadcast killer. And that's exactly what he is. It is episode 213 with ESPN College Hoops analyst Seth Greenberg. And it's coming at you right now. My man, Seth Greenberg. Seth, it's it's weird that it's become almost an annual thing right now, but i got to run you down when I can run you down. First things first, how are the queen and the girls? It's great to have you on this pod. The girls are doing absolutely amazing. The 
queen has survived uh, COVID, and that's a positive thing because she was a little bit at high risk. And then the girls are amazing. Jackie's an attorney in Charlotte, and uh, the other two are pages due uh, in a couple of weeks. And Ella's, uh, the middle one's got a little baby girl, Amelia Bedelia, and uh, life is good. And I'm just kind of undefeated for 10 years, kind of slashing away, trying to act like I know what I'm talking about. Seth, you obviously do. You know, it's kind of funny. You, We laugh about this. You are undefeated for the last 10 years. Sidebar, you haven't won one, though, in 10 years. Do you miss that, or are you fine? You hit it right on the money, brother. <laughs> yeah, you do miss it. You, may, you know, I thought you would miss One of the things about COVID that, that I learned is, uh, you know, you miss the relationships with your players. I did these Zoom calls with my former players. I had about 70 on at a time. We did them, I don't know, three or four times during the course of when, it, when things were really bad. And, uh, you know, they, they all, you see, from my first recruit at Columbia, which is crazy, to my last recruit at Virginia Tech. So it was a cross-section of all the guys I've recruited. And it was really moving to me. Uh, one, they all became friends, which is an interesting thing. One, they love to tell stories about how crazy I was when I was younger, uh, but, but, but more, which is true. Uh, but more importantly, uh, you know, you miss – the interaction, you miss impacting someone's life, you miss building a bridge, and then you miss the competition. I mean, the only competition I get is on a golf course. You miss seeing if you can put together a plan, go into Cameron Indoor Stadium, win or lose. But you you know, you, you, you get a chance to kind of see that, and then you got a chance to, like, the coolest thing for me now is, you know, conversations I have with former players about their kids and going to college and things of that nature. So it, there's a void, there's no doubt about it, but uh, I'm very fortunate. I tell you all the time, I'm, you know, I don't take for granted the opportunity I've been given and the platform I've been given, and you know, it's been a it's been a pretty good ride. It's been ten years. You no, know, it's amazing. I can, in fact, it's I don't know, Seth. Time. I don't. I try not to get caught up in this, but it's such a mind blowing thing. Like I can remember when you and I had that conversation. When you said, "What do you think? What do you think?" And I'm like, "Well, obviously, if this is what you want to do, you're going to kill it. You'll dominate it." But there's a whole different thing to it. There's a whole corporate thing to it. Whatever. Point aside. I can't believe that that conversation was ten years ago. Where do ten yeah. years go? And how how do we slow it down? Like, are you as present Oof. as you need to be? How do we slow time down? Or is that just impossible? I'm as present as I've ever been. I'm, you know, the one thing that we were talking earlier about COVID is uh, I probably got in the best shape of my adult life. Uh, when that thing hit, we couldn't do anything, uh, you know, getting groceries delivered to the house. I just started walking. I mean, like I was like Forrest Gump, you know, <laughs> it, 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 it's like a running joke around our neighborhood. There he goes again. And, uh, right. you know, run coach run. <laughs> And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even realize it. You know, I'm, I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm going up the hills, down the hills. We live in this like really hilly area. You know, two miles turned into four miles, turned into eight miles, turned into ten miles. And you know, I didn't wear anything but shorts and t-shirts. You know, for the last, for the first eight months. And all of a sudden, I went to put on a pair of pants, and like nothing fit. Like mm. not when I say nothing fit. I mean, thirty pounds later, I had to get you know thirty suits taken in, and you know, none of my shirt, my shirts looked like I was like a turtle with my neck popping out of you know. Uh, of, of the shell. I mean, so that, that, that was uh, probably the positive thing of, of COVID, but uh, you know, you just try to, you know, you appreciate every day. I mean, I've got a, I've got a tough thing going on. One of my former assistant coaches, a guy just a couple of years older than me that uh, I, when I played at Fairleigh Dickinson, better known as Harvard and the Hackensack is battling a severe case of cancer. And I got mm. a call today from his son that was pretty sobering. And, and, and look, Jim, we, you know, we're getting older. Things are happening to people we know. You know, people we know that younger than us, people we know that are our age, people we know that are, I mean, look what's going on just across the board. I mean, the ACC, I mean, like Leonard Hamilton can't coach forever. Jim Laranaga can't coach forever. Coach K's retiring, right? Williams went down last year. 
you know, Jim Beheim probably do it a year or so more. I mean, the, the basketball world is changing in front of our eyes, but also as it's changing in front of our eyes, we're, we're looking and seeing, you know, we got to look in the mirror too. And, oh. and, and, you know, we're a little bit behind those guys, but, you know, slow the patrol, we're going to catch them. Oh, no, Seth, we're in it. We, we absolutely are in this. I understand exactly what you're saying because I've got friends and I've got peers and they're looking for an off-ramp. Or I've got friends and I've got peers that do yeah. not want an off-ramp that are being told or shown the off-ramp. So we're trying to find a way yeah. to stay viable and competitive. I totally get it. Really, one side thing I got to ask. Seth, when you walk 10 miles, are you, are you listening to podcasts? Are you listening to music? Are you in your own head? What do you do for 10 miles? Well, I break it up. I do five, three, and two usually. Sometimes I'll do six and two and two. Uh, I most of the time I'm on the phone talking to coaches. Like, yeah. You know, this time of the year, I just you know I check in with you know three or four guys, and then I'll listen to a little music, a little Hootie Blowfish, you know, a little you know little Springsteen or whatever I feel like listening that day. I'll listen to a podcast or two, uh, bouncing around. Not a ton, not a ton of podcast stuff to be honest with you. I, I, I guess that that's my the coaching me. I'm not a guru. I don't I, I don't need to have some guru who thinks right. he's an expert in college basketball tell me about college basketball. I, I kind of lived it. I know that's kind of arrogant, and I, I know Reese gives me a hard time all the time. Like, you know, but like I'm going to form my own opinions, and like I have no agenda. I you and I talk about this all the time. Like this past week, you know, Duke's not playing well, and that's just the way it is. They don't have an identity offensively, defensively. I have no problem saying that because my eyes tell me that. And I don't have to have anyone else tell me that. So who the like, fuck? I like, can I interrupt in you? Who the a... fuck would you call? Who who are you going to call <laughs> to to get a take on something? That's absurd. Yeah. So I just speak to the coaches. Like you know, I'll I'll, I'll speak to three or four coaches a day. You know, a lot of guys that I've done, and then I've started mentoring a lot of young coaches, which is a cool thing, quite honestly. And you know, the biggest advice I give young coaches is, you know, you work so hard to become a head coach. Once you become a head coach, enjoy it, because it took me a year to enjoy becoming a head coach. My first year as a head coach, I didn't enjoy one minute of it. Mm. I said, "What's what am I doing here? I mean, you work that hard to get an opportunity. It's like anything you do in life, uh, and, you know, and you should treat every single day like it's the first day in the job. Imagine if everyone treated every single day like it's the first day in the job or everyone treated every day like it's the first time they put a little uniform on. Well, the, to do that, ma- imagine the joy that you had in that. And, and, you know, I talk to Cal about this all the time. Like, he's got the joy back in coaching his team at Kentucky. And a lot of it has to do with Oscar Sheboy. But you can see it, and that permeates throughout your team. That permeates throughout everyone you touch and, and everyone who's around you. So, you know, I, a big message to me for whether I'm talking to a business or I'm talking to, you know, a young 32, 33-year-old first-time head coach is, like, enjoy it. Like, this is what you worked for. It can't be a burden. It's got to be something that you, you know, you get lost in the process of your players and the, and the process of building a team and the process of, you know, impacting people's lives, connecting with the community, connecting with, you know, your former players. And I, I don't think enough coaches take the time to enjoy their passion. Craving some protein after a good workout. Do not make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender and made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. Old Trapper is a family-owned business. They take their smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Like, who wants dried, tough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating a shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors, old-fashioned, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. 
So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality that you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you do not see it, clones, be sure to ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Now, Seth, here's something like, and you and I are very good friends. We go back a long, long way. I could just sit here and go bracket, 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 match up, or I can have a conversation with you, or we could do both, but I could follow you on what you just said, because I think what you just said is so fascinating. This kind of like this day one mentality, and I try and have that too, and not so much that, and I'm glad you said what you said, because the day one mentality of it's your first day on a new job, you should like this. You have to like this. I try and have a day one mentality where I reset myself every single day, where I bring that same kind of ferocity that you would take to the first time you get a job. But this conversation we're having is not about basketball per se. Like when you mentioned Cal, and Cal has that love once again, and part of that is because of the guy. I'm curious, you know, he's in the biggest pressure cooker of all at Kentucky. And we know Cal, right? Sometimes Cal is like, good Cal is the greatest Cal, but when Cal's not happy, he'll let you know. So my, my, my question is this. How much of it is about the guys that he has, and then how much of it, Seth, is about a mindset and his his choice, his decision that I'm not going to let that beat me down. I will be happy. I will be upbeat. I think it's a little bit of both. I think that last year beat him up. I'm going to just. I, mean, I think he would tell you that he went underground for a while. Like we tried to get him on, you know, our bracketology shows. We tried to get him on. Uh, you know, some of the NCAA tournament shows. He said, "I didn't earn my way to the NCAA tournament. No one needs. To, no one wants to hear from me." And he got into a little bit of a bunker mentality, I think. Uh, and basically what it did was it fueled him. You know, one thing you don't want to do is give that dude a cause. You know, he heard people say, well, you know, Nate Oates, they need to play a little more like Alabama. Or, you know, hey, you know, the game, you know, I don't like the, what they're doing offensively. Or, you know, hey, you know, Cal's you know, not getting, shooting enough threes, whatever it is, whatever they had. Uh, and, you know, I, I used to joke because uh, – you know, I'm a little snarky when, on, on Twitter every once in a while. I call them the gurus. So, you know, like and the gurus were, well, you know what? How's he doing now? <laughs> right. right. You know, like he's got it. But but on the other hand, he's got an older team, a more mature team. And like he, he said it yesterday. I mean, with with, with an older team, all right, they've been through all that. They just want to win. And they'll embrace a role. They understand. that. Like Helen Grady understands he's got to work harder to get open and knock down shots. And, you know, Oscar Shibway understands he's going to rebound the ball, duck in and bring energy and, you know, Salve Wheeler understands that he's going to be a shot creator uh, and push the ball and pressure the ball defensively. And Python is going to be a little bit of everything. Toppin's going to come in and do you know, freakish things and bring energy. So I, you know, Mintz has got to make shots and that's what he did yesterday. He met with all his players individually and basically redefined their roles. And then he brought the team together collectively and said, this is who we are and how we win. We're not reinventing ourselves for the NCAA tournament. Let's be the best version of ourselves. Uh, and not really worry about the tournament, worry about what's in front of us. All right. That what's in front of us is St. Peter's and then obviously the winner of the Murray state game. So, I mean, that's what most of the coaches are doing right now. They're in a 14 pot. That's what they're in. And they're not getting to the final four this weekend. They're, they're getting in a 14 pot and they're trying to win a 14 tournament. And it, it's simple, but it, I, I do see a joy in them. And it's kind of cool. Like to me, it's kind it's kind of cool to, to see them that way. Uh, because I know how much he cares. I mean, the one thing, you know, like everyone, people don't understand the things he does that you do uh, for other people uh, and the generosity that he has and how much he cares about his players. And like when his team last year wasn't good, he was concerned, you know, he was going to win games. He was more concerned, I feel, 
that I, could, I didn't put these guys in position to do what they want to do. And yet a bunch of them are doing pretty well right now. Yeah, I love the guy. I, I, I love the guy. I think that I, I mean, certainly I don't know him like you know him, but I think I kind of understand the guy, and I think he's authentic like that. I think that's legit. Hey, listen. The very best athletes know that your championship body is not built in a single day. The same is true when it comes to your long-term financial goals. Get financially fit with M1, the finance super app. It's commission-free, and it makes growing your money easier so you can strategize for the end game. Build a custom portfolio or choose a pre-built portfolio that speaks to your goals. Then automate your everyday money moves and use your extra time to watch the highlights. They even make it easy to stick to your investing strategy by automatically rebalancing your investments every single time you buy into your portfolio, keeping your investments close to where you want them to be. This way, your portfolio sticks to the plan for the long game. There are no huddle-ups necessary. Visit m1finance.com sports. That's M with the number one to sign up and see why Money, Investopedia, and Yahoo Finance are all proud superfans of M1. That's M, the number one, dot com slash sports. Investing does involve risk, including the risk of loss. M1 Finance, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Now, Seth, you, before I lose the thought, I just want to make this point. I love, I love that young coaches afford you the respect that they are and are coming to you and see you as a mentor. I think that's great. I love, And they should, by the way, but I think that's great. I'm really happy to hear that. I want to reset something, and I want to be very careful how I say this so it's not misconstrued. You And I remember a lot of things that you would tell me like 20 years ago, things about other guys, and when you were coaching and you would talk about this is what makes this guy so good, this is what makes this guy so different. I remember on the way up, you said to me about Mark Few when – Gonzaga was Gonzaga, and they were this kind of little mid-major that was kind of cute and kind of nice, and he had this whole fly fishing thing going in this way of life. And you said, hey, now, don't, don't you get this twisted. Let me tell you about this guy. He will carve your heart out. And you met it in the best possible way, not like he was a bad guy. He's like, this is not some cute little program, and this is not just some little coach who likes to throw a cast out there and fly fish. This mother will carve your heart out. He is fierce, and he's a hell of a coach. Like, you called that years and years and years and years ago. If I had said to you, though, at that time, Seth, like Gonzaga, 20 years ago, Gonzaga will be this unbelievable program where Mark Few will go in, and he will beat Carolina for players, he will beat Kentucky for players, and he will be every bit the monster that they are. If I'd said that to you 20 years ago, what would you have said? I'd say there was a possibility, but it would be far-fetched. I, I thought they would be a factor for sure. But, I mean, I think what happened is they saw uh, the passion in Mark Few. They saw that, you know, he was going to set a standard. And the standard where they were at, he was going to raise the standard. And they wanted to keep Mark Few. The school had to decide that they wanted to be a nice little program in the West Coast Conference that could compete, beat, with, beat the big boys. Or or be a national program that could compete with everyone. And when I mean everyone, I mean the Dukes and the Carolinas and the Kentuckys and the Kansases and the Michigan States and people like that. That was his passion. And I, I still remember that conversation. Like, oh, Fuey, he's such a nice guy. Fuey's the greatest dude in the world. I mean, I mean, Fuey is the greatest dude in the world. He is also fiercely, fiercely, fiercely competitive. A little Tony Dungy in him. It's almost like people look at Tony Bennett and say, oh, Tony Bennett, he's so composed. He's so nice. I mean, that guy, you got to forget how good a player that dude was. I mean, that's the way Few is. He's fiercely competitive. He's fiercely competitive in recruiting. Now, he's going to recruit guys to fit their culture, but he's going to 
He's fiercely competitive in recruiting, and they found a niche in recruiting. Uh, and he's fiercely competitive in terms of how he wants to play. And uh, the standard that they set is incredible. So I'd say it was a little bit far-fetched, but, I, but not out, out of the question. The thing is that the university grew with him. The, the university basically saw him and said, wait a second here. We've got something special. And then you know what? And we could even, it, this could be the greatest marketing tool in the history of Gonzaga. And we need to invest in this guy. So what did they do? They built facilities and they made sure that they were ahead of the curve in their conference. And they became the Vegas. Let's face it. They became Vegas. I mean, what was the difference between talk going into the desert with a, a gym and, and, and a convention center and then talk growing it into, you know, the best program in the West Coast, including the other four lettered school that, you know, is in Southern California. So, I mean, they became Vegas is basically what happened. And, and in the back of my head, I have to admit, Robbie, I, back of my head, I was just talking to uh, a bunch of people about yesterday. I always wonder if we stayed at Long Beach, could we done that? Because we just moved into the pyramid and we had things going. We got the, uh, the Clark kid who's the head of the, uh, the Baseball Players Association, who just negotiated that deal, Tony Clark. I mean, we beat we 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 beat Stanford for Tony Clark the year I left. It's so weird, Seth. You said that. I was literally going to say to you, Seth, like if he did that there, I literally was going to say to you, could you have done that at Long Beach? Uh, that's the question we always have to ask. My life's pretty good, and uh, things have really worked out. But uh, but you know, in retrospect, you look back and you say. You know, maybe not the best decision. Look, I, I have no, I have no, you know, I, I've lived a great life. I'm living a great life. I've got, you know, a great family and we've been, you know, very, very fortunate and lucky. I mean, when I got let go of tech, you know, ESPN gave me this tremendous opportunity and a platform and, you know, hopefully I continue to deliver for them. Uh, and, you know, we've had a great life. Girls are great. They're healthy. They, you know, all been very successful. So I've got no you know, uh, regrets, except that that's always in the back of your mind. Like, like anything else, there's always decisions we all make that we say, what if, but you know what, you know, you live your life, you live both feet on the ground, you live, you live in the present. And, and that's what I've always done. I mean, you, as you know, I'm pretty passionate the way I coached, even in the Roach Motel where you tried to basically, you know, make fun of my players the first time we ever met, but. Uh, it's Cause you guys started a fight. You, you, you literally you tried to fight, to fight our guys. You, you, you won, won the fight, fight and you won, won the, the game. game. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, that's because you sucker punched us. That's why. That's no, why. Oh, no, that was the other way uh, off the bench. But your guy almost took me out. And Lucius Davis, uh, as I was trying to be a peacemaker, Jerry Pym at half court with a towel like an idiot. I was young and stupid. And now I'm just old and stupid. And I almost got taken out. That wouldn't have been pretty. By who? Do you recall? Was I think it was Lucius Davis. Who, who was a great kid. I mean, that was a dream. Oh, no, yeah. Then, yeah, I, no, I, yeah. Fight, fight, fight away. He was a good player. Who, Lou or Idris? Uh, Lou and I talk to Idris all the time. <laughs> Come on, do you really? Sure do. He called me the other day. He's, he's, he, he's absolutely the best. Uh, we, we've stayed, his family, and, 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 you know, like, it's a joke. We lost him in recruiting. And, you know, like the time we played Santa Barbara, he cut my, my, my name in his, in his head, in his hair. Uh, our family was, you know, remained friendly and, and, and Idris, Karen actually, uh, when she was out in, in uh, Pasadena checking on her mom, uh, she just happened to see him and uh, we've stayed in touch with him. He's, he's, a, he's an unbelievable, unbelievable 
Uh, person. Seth, I'm so glad to hear that. Like, I haven't talked to Idris, and people who are listening right now are like, what the hell are they talking about? Idris Jones was yeah. this gunner for UC Santa Barbara back in the day. He was like, a, like super charismatic, absolutely fearless. Oh, and the best. truth is, Seth, when I, you know, for years and years and years, I've been on the radio and TV saying, scoreboard, scoreboard, look up at it, look at it, look up <laughs> at it. Literally, Idris was one of the first athletes I ever saw physically point at the scoreboard. Someone was talking shit in some game, and Idris... Like he like like emphatically pointed up the scoreboard like yo man scoreboard and that's one of the reasons <laughs> I've always done that I got that from Idris Idris back in the day unbelievable playing probably pointing up in that warehouse you were playing in yeah that was great <laughs> so so let me ask you something like and to your point about you know I wonder I wonder hey listen you're no different than any of us I have the same thoughts like I wonder if I had done this and and regret is just such a brutal thing right you get nothing out of it it gives you nothing it gives you nothing we can't go back we can't change anything we can't change our decisions and by the way you have lived an amazing life a great basketball life a great personal life let me ask you this one thing that because you and I don't talk as much I just want to ask about one thing that happened when when Jawan Howard goes through the handshake line and he tries to snatch the face of an assistant coach, even if we had bad blood, I don't ever remember you trying to face snatch the Pimmer or Ben Howland <laughs> when you brought the beach to the Thunderdome, Seth. That never happened to anywhere you've ever been, right? You never did that. No, no. I mean, actually, we had great, had a great thing about the old Big West. We all competed like hell, but we all actually had great relationships. And we recruit cooks. We all competed for the same players recruiting-wise a lot and, and on the court and the game. You know, like, you know, it was a very thin line between all the teams in that league back then. But the closest thing, you know, we had a little disdain for New Mexico State. I mean, but but we were always cordial. We were always cordial. Well, I mean, they, were, uh, they weren't. They I know I know that story, and they weren't. And yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's about but but in terms of no in a handshake line, you know, it's kind of a running joke. I think you got to respect you got to respect the game. You got to respect your opponent. Win, lose, or draw. I mean, like, here's the deal. I mean, I get I, the same thing happened to Duke the other day. Uh, you know, the right. Duke coaches were upset that upset that uh, Hubert Davis and Coach K's last game didn't go and shake each other's hands, and they kind of blew by him and ignored him. I mean, come on, man. I mean, like, we're trying to set a little bit of an example. I mean, at least you can do. You don't have to, like, you don't have to bro hug a guy. You know, you know, you know, but but you can at least extend your hand and and look a guy in the eye and then move on. I mean, it, it's plain and simple. What kind of lessons are we trying to teach people? I mean, it's it's just not that difficult. You can be pissed off, all right, and still do the right thing. And then you know what? You can get your locker room and go, I don't like that son of a. But you just you do the right thing. And next time we play them, we're going to kick their, you know. But you do the right thing, and and that whole thing uh, with Michigan was unfortunate. Um, it was ugly, man. I, I, I just that was wild. That was a wild thing. But it, you know, it's past. Look, we're getting ready to NCAA tournament. Think about where we are. We have fans in the stands. We're going to fans in the stands for the tournament. Uh, we've had an unbelievable season. Uh, we we have no one who separated themselves. Uh, there's more teams that can advance. I don't know about more teams that can win, but more teams that can advance. There's an energy about our game again. Uh, you know, the, the the teams and the players have, you know, through the course of the year, you know, is it Oscar Shibu, is it Paulo Bancaro, is it Jabari uh, Smith, is it, uh, you know, Johnny Davis, is it, is it, you know, Keegan Murray, is it, you know, Johnny Juzang, is it Jaime Hawkes is starting to play well for UCLA. I mean, this it's been it's been a fun year to just feel the sport again. Like, we didn't feel a sport last year. We had a season, but we didn't feel it. Like, you feel the sport now. I mean, like, you know, this is this is it, man. We got three weeks. We got three weeks. And if you thought championship week was crazy, I think the tournament's going to be crazier. 
Hey, don't get me wrong. I'm not here to bring you down. I love it. It's amazing. It's a, the energy is amazing. The hype is amazing. The content's amazing. I love the matchups. I mean, it, it it's all tremendous. I, I like talking. Look, again, we could do this for hours. I love your thoughts on coaches, though. Like, you and I, I consider you one of my oldest friends in the business, and I'm proud to say that. The only one older, Seth, believe it or not, the only guy I go farther back with is Eric Musselman. And that's because when I was in Russ. Santa Barbara, yeah, Muss, literally, Muss and I are the same age. And when I was 23 in Santa Barbara in local radio trying to cut my teeth and get a talk show, Muss was running the Rapid City Thrillers as GM and coach <laughs> at 23. And there was no social media. There was no internet. And I remember reading an article about Muss and the fact that Muss had done like 59 deals in 38 days. And I had to find this guy. And we struck up a friendship at age 23. And we've been very good friends ever since. When you look Look at Muss and the way he's reinvented himself personally and professionally and the way he coaches and how hard his guys go and how the success he's had everywhere he's been. You know, I mean, he's had his bumps and bruises. But when you see Muss right now, what do you see? What do you think? I love it. I mean, my brother was assistant when he coached Venezuela national team. I mean, I'm on the Muss bus now. I can tell you that much. A couple things. Muss, and this is what guys, Chris Beard, Muss, and Chris has become a really good Another friend. one of my guys, dude. No, no, no. Chris Beard's yeah. my other guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, the last two years, I, he's brought me in to speak to their team. and uh, I know it. He told me. He told those, me that. Yeah, he's the best. He's the best. And and both of those guys, is it's real simple. Because of their journey in terms of coaching, there are no excuse guys. So, like, all right, you know, I get a job. I'm going to get some dudes. And then I'm going to coach them, and we're going to figure out a way to win with them. And that's just what we're going to do. And they both have dipped into the transfer portal. They both have done it in their own way. You know, Muss is a little different because I think Danielle has humanized Muss. I always joke around with Muss. The best thing ever happened to Muss is Danielle because, like, she's like, you know, like she's a bigger celebrity at Arkansas than Muss now. Yeah, Muss is just a coach. <laughs> Danielle's like the show. Right. I mean, I mean, it's unbelievable. But like, no excuses, no regrets. Fine dudes, get them to play really hard. Uh, look what he did. I mean, they were struggling early in the season. He made one one change. A lot of guys don't have the agility to make a change. All right. He took the little guard likes out. He put, he went bigger in the backcourt. All of a sudden, Jalen Williams, J.D. Note, they were the stars. Everyone else played off those guys. Uh, he's invigorated the community. Uh, he's got a team that, I said the other day, I think four, five, four SEC teams could. They're not going to, but could, are good enough to maybe make it to the Final Four. Hmm. Muss is one of those teams. And they went from really, really struggling. Uh, his approach, his energy, uh, I mean, just keep the shirt on, Muss. Come on, man. I mean, keep the shirt on. Dude, it's, it's not correct. a good look. Hey. I mean, it's just not it's not a good look. I mean, just the way this beard's the same way. I mean, Beard won't let, think about one year. Now they haven't had the season that Chris wanted, but think about the energy around it. He's selling out that building. Students are storming the court. Uh, you know, the fireside chat, everything around Texas basketball, they're moving into the new arena. Uh you know, my biggest worry about Chris is that you know, Chris just he's so possessed. How long can he go that long? Like I right. said, dude, you got to get some sleep. You know, you look like shit, man. I mean, like he and Izzo, like they don't sleep. Like, you know, I told you, know, Tom, Tom got back from the Big Ten tournament and, and he called me and I said, well, I said, do me one favor. You, you practice this and then when I practice today, we're off until tomorrow afternoon. I said, go to sleep, dude. Like, like you want to be the best version of yourself for your team. Get some rest. Like so that you, when you, you can unplug and reboot and be ready to go when, when it's the most important time of the year. And, you know, sometimes guys need to hear that, the, not that, from their assistants, because right. they're going to curse their assistants out if they say that. And I really don't give a shit what they say. 
I think that's amazing what you just said. I mean, especially you said to Beard, hey, man, you look like shit, dude. Get some sleep. Because, Seth, it's so great when he had— Look, it's one thing for him to have that kind of passion and energy at Austin. I He brought me into Lubbock. He had the same exact oh, passion and energy at Lubbock. Seth, he walked me through that facility, and he showed me— I still can't believe it. I don't know if you and I ever talked about this, but— he pulls down this Murphy bed. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Oh, Dude, bed he's got so a Murphy crazy. bed outside of his office. And not only does he that have one. Oh, it's incredible. Seth, the AD said to him, coach, I need you to be in a house. You don't. You can't be sleeping at the facility in the Murphy bed. And he's like, hey, man, why? I just get up and I go to work. He's like, coach, if you sleep in that Murphy bed, you're giving off the vibes of the community that you're not planting any roots here. You're not laying down roots here. You're not staying here. Can we get you to live in a house? Can you be in a house? He's got a Murphy bed outside his office. And used oh, he's it. A, he, he's a, oh, no, I saw the Murphy bed. I, that that one that year I went to talk at, at Texas Tech. I saw the I saw the Murphy bed, and uh, and then his office. He doesn't use his office. Right. He uses the the, the conference. The room. conference, the conference room. room, exactly. The conference like, room the conference, where like stuff is everywhere, and and like you know he's you know he, hey, right now his, his office is in the locker room, uh, at, at the practice facility. Because they're you know building their offices, their real offices are in the football complex. It's too far away, and uh, they have their whole staff in literally one room connected to a bathroom. And they they put a uh, it's hilarious. That's hilarious. They they like knocked into the wall like a, a piece of plywood that they put up with brackets, and like two guys st- sit there. And then they got this one like grease board on top of a, this long table that they write all their stuff out on. I mean, it's absolutely it's so Chris Beard. It's absolutely, it's, it's absolutely hilarious, but he's great. He's a heck of a coach. He cares so much. He loves his players, you know, all those guys, you know, you, you know, that's the thing that people don't understand. Like you see guys, coach guys hard. You're like, is the most understood guy in the world. He loves his players and you know what? They love him back. And that's, you know, that's just, but he's going to coach them hard because part of the deal is if you don't coach your players hard, then you know what? You've cheated them. You've cheated them, and that's just the way it is. I mean, if kids know that you're going to help them get better, and you are involved in their life, and you care about them, and you invest them outside of the game, then you can get them. You can coach them hard, and and the best coaches, that's what they do. They're not afraid to coach their teams. All right, Seth. Really quickly, I mean, what a great, great, great time this is. Thanks so much for doing this. I want to get your one last pick, but one more guy I want to ask about really quickly, who I absolutely love, and I want your thoughts because I respect your opinion so much. Where do you come out on Jay Wright? Is he in that same kind of category that he he's loves his guys, he cares? He is what he appears oh. because he seems – I think he's one of the best guys ever. Is he what he appears? Yeah, my daughter, you know, Jackie, went to Villanova before he went to law school at Syracuse. And and so I was up there all the time. And Jay's been a friend since he was at Vegas. He always assistant at Vegas when I was at Long Beach. <laughs> and he's exactly the same guy he was when he was the assistant at Vegas. Amazing. I mean, it's amazing. amazing. George Clooney, a college coach. And, and like, I, I joke with him while I'm on this kick, like, Mick, if Mick Cronin can wear a suit, how is Jay Wright not wearing a suit? And my answer to that is, Jay Wright looks better than Mick Cronin in his quarter zip than Mick does in his $4,000 suit. Hey, man, you're, you're right. And Mick, Cronin's the, and, and Mick Cronin's the best, by the way. I love Mick Cronin. I love Mick. We have the same clothier. We have the same guy making our suits, so I know what those suits cost, and I know how good he looks, but you're right. I mean, Jay Wright, guys like Bennett and Wright, they, they literally look like movie stars, right? Oh, and Jay's the, but, but the one thing people don't understand about Jay, and you understand because I think you know him pretty well, is that you look at Jay, 
And, you know, it's a guy's like to hang out with him and guys' wives like to hang out with him. That's it. You you look at Jay and then you go to Jay's practice. Let me tell you something. It ain't no day at the park now. No, hell no. Hell no. I mean, hey, hey, you don't come to that jump stop and pivot and pass. If you don't close on balance, if you don't talk, if you don't, if you're not all about attitude, if you take a bad shot, if you're not ready to practice, if you don't, are not a great teammate, let me tell you something. It isn't pleasant. And I'm one of the few people that usually doesn't allow guests to sit down on the floor. He always goes, well, you're kind of family. Jackie's here. And, you know, we've known each other forever. We Last time I was there, actually, I went watch practice for two days in the preseason. And after practice, we go and have lunch in, in, in his conference room. And he has his assistant, former assistant, and his assistants come in. And we're going through old Big East stories. You know, like way back in the day, Big East stories. Because he goes, these guys need to hear this stuff. These guys need to hear the way this used to be. You know, it's not charter planes. It's getting in the car and driving six hours and coming back and Rolly's cursing you out. And, you know, and it's, uh, he respects the whole thing. And he's the, I mean, Jay's, he's the best. Jay Boy's the best, man. Man, he, I love that. I, I love that so much that he he literally hasn't changed since he was an assistant and, and in I Vegas. Yeah, right. Yeah, going back even further. So, Seth, final thought. And, God, such a great, great conversation. So, when you look at Baylor last year, I mean, clearly they separated themselves, man. They were so tough. So, so tough. Physically tough, mentally tough, emotionally tough. You could see where they they got separation. Has anybody in the top four or anybody who got misseated, is there anybody at all who has separated in your mind this year the way Baylor did last year? Leave us with that thought. No, not even close. Not even close. Like Baylor, I remember speaking to Feely in the middle of the season, and uh, after we actually after we were at Baylor for a game day, or watching Baylor doing something with them, and uh, I said, "Phew, man, I really like your team." He goes, "We're not Baylor." Mm. How about how prophetic mm. was that? Wow. He said, "Those wow. dudes just get after you. It's like they 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 don't allow you to get anything done." And now, no, no one has separated themselves. Uh, you know, Gonzaga, Gonzaga. Like, here's my thing on the Gonzaga, just real quickly. Gonzaga sure. season started starts this week like all that stuff before the non-conference kind of your litmus test to see where you're at league play the league's better but it doesn't mean anything they, they don't another west coast conference banner doesn't mean anything they're playing for three weeks like most times in your mid-major conference you play for one weekend in march they're playing for one weekend in april mm. totally different totally different their destination is one weekend in april all that other stuff that's all nerves all right they did everything they had to do to get to this point they've had a week off to refocus now they've got obviously three weekends to get to where they want to go. Arizona and and Gonzaga to me are, have been the most consistent. I love Arizona. I love what Tommy's done. I love the team that Sean Miller left, and then Tommy had to re-recruit because all those dudes could have left. They could all left. They you know, they, they transferred more and boom, they could all been gone. Mentioned Benedict Mather, and I mean, you think he had a couple of people recruiting him? Travellis had a couple of people recruiting him. He did a great job of re-recruiting those guys. Uh, Arizona to me is the second most consistent team and then after that like you know i'm not high i'm not as high on auburn as other people because i mean katie johnson went over 14 the other day you would think he would have stopped after 10 <laughs> you have to get to 14 <laughs> right. Right, kansas kansas remy martin if he's healthy i think they're going to be pretty good kentucky can be good but they can get pushed back tennessee i like their guard play uh, duke is has no identity offensively defensively baylor no lj crier no jtt jonathan thomas Chachua. That, that really hurts them. And that's why I think it's going to be fascinating. The tournament's going to be fascinating. Last thought, do you like Iowa? Yes, I have in my final four. You do? Keegan Murray, man. Keegan yeah, Murray. man. He's oh, yeah. 
Keegan, Mar- Keegan Murray, I, I have Jabari Smith, Keegan Murray, Jaden Ivey, and then I, I'm not even sure who I have after that in terms of my top picks in the NBA draft. It's surely not Paul Bancaro. Uh, Paul Bancaro, until he shows me he wants to be like, if you're a top four pick, you got to be a dude that wants to just go take over a game. Hmm. You're not seeing that from and him. I, don't, I, I just haven't seen it. I mean, I, I watch him. In, I watched him practice. I watch him with skills. But then he wants to go through his legs behind his back and, you know, shoot a jump shot. Man, dude, go rag. I mean, you're 6'10", 250 with skills. Take the ball to the front of the rim for 40 minutes and get the shot you want. It says one last thought. What about Chet Holmgren? Is he that unicorn that everybody talks about in yeah. your mind? Yeah, he is. He'd be up in that top four. Uh, he is. I mean, you know, he's the hardest one to, for me to evaluate because when he gets a defensive rebound and pushes it, it's great. When he has space, it's great. When he uses his length, it's great. Offensively, defensively. When he has a forearm on his hip, not so great. Uh, but, yeah, he is because he can shoot it. Uh, is he Pozingas? Uh, probably better handle and, and much more bounce uh, and stronger maybe at the same age. Uh, he's right in that category. I haven't seen him play his best. He's played his best against West Coast Conference play. And I think a lot of it has to do with Mark's still figuring him out. He's never had someone like him. Hmm. So, you know, as a coach, it takes time to figure out your dudes. I mean, like, how can I use this guy? This guy is a unicorn. How, how can I put him in position and still give Drew Timmy his space to play and still make sure that Andrew Debhard's doing, staying aggressive? And I think it's taken a little time for few to figure it out. But, uh, but he, uh, he, he's freakish. I was going to say the fact you just said that Mark Few has never had a guy like that tells me that he is, in fact, a unicorn. All right, so, Seth, my intention was not to keep you this long, but I love you. <laughs> we don't get this opportunity very much, so I wrote this thing out. I need you to tell the queen that I did, in fact, retire from the Bombay Club. However, when you guys come out in the fall, I will come out of retirement to have right, one with the queen. Go. All right? Let her that's, know that. That's a deal. So, hey, that's her birthday week. We're coming out the last week of September. All right, so let's definitely make yeah. a note of that. Let her know that it is so good to get taught, well, caught Sussano, up with you. Yeah. My life. You got it, Seth. Thank you so much. Great All job. Right. Really appreciate you. You got it, man. You're the best. That's my dude right there. No one better, truly. No one better at breaking down the game and the matchups than Seth Greenberg. I love talking hoops with the man, and I love him personally. Huge ups for Seth making so much time for the original side hustle on what I know is his busiest week of the year. And if you enjoyed that conversation and you were looking for more premium, unfiltered, and yes, most importantly, free content, then you have come to the right place because we push out a fresh episode every single week and we already have over 200 already in the bank waiting for a spin. So if you are new to this program, you've got a whole lot to get caught up on. Get busy while you're at it. Slam that subscribe button, please. That way, all the new episodes will find their way directly to you. And in the meantime, I've got something for you. Here are your voicemails. First new message. Dear Jim, I don't keep the private jet. Sincerely, Russian oligarchs. Hey, Jim, what's a Russian oligarch's least favorite game? Yahtzees. Hey, Message deleted. Next message. Romy, Justin, and Melbourne, dude. Just listen to you and the OG Brent Musburger chop it up. That's the first taste of football I have with him, Irv Cross, and Phyllis George. And then in college, when I worked for the West Virginia radio station, I went to the Sugar Bowl, Florida, West Virginia. I'm in the urinal. Next thing you know, <laughs> old Brent Musburger comes in. I'm not trying to be a Toby story, but let's just say uh, 
when I saw him, I had a little bit of stage fright. I could not finish until he left the bathroom. Message saved. Next message. Van Smack, Corey from Chicago here. Let's award our first ever dumbass dad diploma to sorry excuse, er, Syracuse coach Jim Beheim. When defending his son, Buddy, who delivered a cheap chop to the guts of an opposing player, said, I think it was inadvertent. It wasn't much of a punch. Jimbo, you think? Who knew? Well, maybe if you thought more about competent coaching, instead of filling up your roster with your kinfolk, you might have had a winning record this season. Message saved. Next message. What's up, man? Smack is Brady. Yo, I'm sorry I got to tell you this again, but Grandpa Joe is 96 years old, and it was only by a miracle that that man was able to get up out of that bed. I don't know if he was taking the same medicine that the Russian Olympic Committee gives to the grandparents of their athletes or what it was, but whatever it was, it was a miracle. Come on, James. Do you also hate the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team? Anyway, tell the fam in Boston I say happy St. Patty's Day. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Rome, what's up? This is David from Buffalo. Got a call in about Cameron Smith, man. Another huge win for him at the players. He was freaking clutch, Romy. People can talk about his mullet, his mustache, whatever you want to say. The bottom line is that dude made so many clutch putts. I mean, dude, Eldrick, Jack, Arnold, and Hefty couldn't believe how many clutch putts this dude made. It was awesome to watch. He was aggressive, but he knew when to be strategic. And I'll tell you one thing. This is a guy who's in the top ten of the world right now, and it would not shock me if he were to win a major sooner rather than later. Jim, I hope to hear him in the jungle this week. I'm out. Message saved. Next message. Hey, LeBron James. Boom. Out of here. Message deleted. You have no more messages.